are some generational differences, but the myth around thinking everyone in that generation is this label that we've given them uh, is simply not true. Let's peek inside the mind of a boomer. This is Boomer Randomness, a podcast dedicated to the baby boom generation with random observations about boomer life from boomers, including topics like music, movies, memories, marriage and divorce, retirement, bucket lists, kids and grandkids, travel, medical crap that old people talk about, and a whole lot more. Here is your boomer host, Bernie Lucas. Not every boomer is retired. Some boomers still work, and the workplace includes many different generations. In this episode, we're exploring the good, the bad, and the ugly of multi-generational workplaces with Mary Abajay, workplace consultant, author of Managing Up, and host of the Cubicle Confidential podcast. Good to see you, Mary. Hey, Bernie. It's great to be with you. We've talked about this a lot in in the uh, shows that you were doing when you know when I was working in radio uh, about different generations, and there's as many as five generations of worky, workers in many places, which I guess is like the first time in our history. Everything from pre-boomers to Gen Z, each generation has different perspectives on their work lives, behaviors, attitudes toward work, that kind of thing. Um, sometimes a good thing, sometimes conflict. My first question is: Are there are there stereotypes in each generation, and are they are they accurate, or are they what are they, and are they fair assessments? Human beings love to make stereotypes. We love to make superficial judgments, and we love once we have a superficial stereotype or judgment in place in our mind, we love to then go seek the confirming evidence of that. Right. Yeah. So while there are some, you know. Uh, um, uh, uh, judgments or biases or stories we make up about each generation. You know, generally speaking, we tend to put people in generations that are older than us or younger than us. And so the, uh, the stereotypical sort of, uh, judgments we make about uh, people who are older than us, the generational projections are things like older people are stuck in their ways, they're resistant to change, they're not good with technology, uh, they're reluctant to give up power, you know, retired in place. And for many years with the baby boomers, they were clogging the system, right? Because they didn't get out. And then stories we like to make up about younger generations, whether it's the millennials or even the back in the day, the extras, and definitely about the Zs, will make up that they're impatient or disrespectful, you know, entitled, spoiled. They're technologically advanced, but they're not very street smart. Uh, they have a poor work ethic. There's no loyalty, like those sorts of things. And while some of these may be true, about individual people, they're not true of a whole generation. And so, you know, one of the things I like to counsel my, my, my clients on is that there are some generational differences. There's some alive generational differences in the, in the way that we were raised and in the way that we view work. Uh, but there's not any real, like, um, the myth around thinking everyone in that generation is this label that we've given them, uh, is simply not true. Right. Do these assumptions cause some conflicts? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, a couple of things that happen. So, for example, 
Everybody wants the same sort of things from the workplace, right? We all want to be respected. We all want to provide value. We all want to be paid well. We all want to have career advancement. Um, we all want a work-life balance, but it looks different to different generations. And so some of the conflict is around what loyalty looks like to me as a Gen Xer might be very different than what loyalty looks like to a traditionalist or the silent generation. Uh, what respect uh, looks like to a Gen Z might be very different than what respect looks like to a baby boomer. Uh, so what a work-life balance looks like to a baby boomer is going to be very, very different to what it looks like for a Gen Z. So part of the challenge is that while we want similar things, we may express them differently. So that's number one. So that does cause some conflict. The second thing is, as I said before, once we start, once we start, once we have a picture of in our mind of who we think you are based on your generation. Like if I think you're entitled, then everything you do, I'm going to view from that entitled lens, right? And so I'm going to cherry pick any behavior that's going to prove my false projection of you. And then finally, of course, we all grew up in a certain kind of way. We have certain kind of work ethics or values or, or, or definitions of what work should look like. And this truth is most of us kind of want everyone to be like us, right? Like as a Gen Xer, I kind of want you to do things the way that I do them because they work for me. So a lot of the challenge is uh, for us as, as, as colleagues is to separate the myth from the reality and to not let our generational preconceived notions impact getting to know the person that's right in front of us. So is that a pretty good way to get past these kind of things or, or do you, should you have discussions about these kinds of things among the generations? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the best things you can do is actually bring it out in the open and discuss it. You know, the first step, you know, this generational differences and generational bias is like any other bias. You've got to name it to tame it. So it really does create as individuals, we need to really take a look at our own bias and what we're bringing into the situation, uh, what we're bringing into our uh, perception and our, our analysis of what we're seeing. And then having conversations about that can be really helpful uh, so that we can get to understand uh, the difference between the intent and the impact and not assuming that because they do things different, it's a, it's a generational curse. This is the Boomer Randomness Podcast. I'm Bernie Lucas, talking about multi-generational workplaces with workplace consultant Mary Abijay. Let's talk about some, some kind of dig down into some specifics. I'm thinking communication preferences. It's yeah. like, you know, email, phone, face-to-face, -face. different generations at least seem to have a preference to one or the other. Completely. And that's a great example. So, you know, we all agree communication is important in the workplace, right? right? But what we don't agree on is what that communication should look like. Uh, so, you know, uh, the Gen Xers love their email because that was like, that was the new communication style that was in vogue, right? That was the new technology around communication. Boomers still have a love for either the face-to-face -face or the phone call because that was the communication standard that that came up while they started their working experiences. We know that uh, the millennials love their texting uh, and Gen Z are going to be texters and probably Snapchatters even more so. You know, it's funny because uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, organizational research will show that Gen Z... And not so much millennials because they got it now, but a lot of Gen Z just don't know how to do phone calls or they don't answer their, their phone messages. They don't even check their messages. Uh, so really having organ what organizations need to do is set pretty strong sort of uh, suggested boundaries or criteria around 
how to use the different communication uh, tactics. Yeah. So that means like older people are going to have to learn how to text, right? Right. And younger people are going to learn how to pick up the phone. Yeah. It was funny in my my last workplace, which as you know, I worked there a long time. And so we went through some of the technological advances, but the pattern there was everybody was using email like instant messaging or like text. Mm -hmm. And it got pretty unwieldy at times. And there were people what people expected immediate responses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and everybody, you know, it's it's group text, so everybody weighs in on responses. And sometimes, oh. while you're typing out a response, someone else has already done a different response, and and they're not all in the order. I know there were sometimes I would just say, uh, "Hang on a minute," and I'd walk over to somebody's office. You know? <laughs> but hey, that's me, the boomer, you know. Yeah, but you know what? But that's a great example of. Uh, sometimes we rely too much on the latest fad in our communication and we lose the effectiveness because, you know, it's really important. Like what you did is the right thing. Like when there's confusion, go talk to the person, pick up the phone or walk to their desk. Yeah. And we hated meetings, but sometimes you needed to do just a little quick, like 10 minute meeting yeah. of the, of the three or four or five parties who are all responding. Yeah. You know, but communication is a great example. You know, some of the clash points that we see and amongst and between our uh, uh, generations in the workplace are things like career goals. Uh, That looks very different to the different generations. You know, the silent generation was one company for a life, get the gold watch. Boomers were to move into leadership, make a lot of money, maybe change jobs a couple of times. Uh, Xers were like, let's change jobs and make this happen, even though the millennials took all the credit for. (laughs) Millennial and Zs are like, let's, you know, it's not even changing jobs. It's like, let's change careers. Let's have multiple careers. Let's have side hustles and side gigs. So really a difference in how we look at career goals, how we look at work-life balance. Uh, One of my clients is a big law firm and their first year associates who are Gen Z don't want to work after six o'clock. They don't want to work on weekends. If you know anything about the culture of law firms, that just doesn't fly, you know? So things like that, like there's a lot of difference of opinion of what these should look like. I wonder if thing in specifically in law firms, since I have some familiarity with that, um, I, I wonder if that attitude is changing about, you know, you're nothing if you don't work 80 hours a week. Yeah. You know, as younger people grow into that that career. Have you seen any kind of change or is it too early to you tell? You know, it's really interesting uh, not to put down law firms, but I, I don't think they've quite come to the reckoning yet, but I think it's slowly dawning on them that their business model isn't going to be working probably in in the next 20 years. You know, uh, consulting firms were very similar to that as well. And a lot of the consulting firms are shifting their mindset about what we, uh, how we need to define work ethic and, you know, uh, dedicate employees based on Gen Z and millennials. I know groups like Accenture and Deloitte have really come a long way in like reckoning with the fact that this is a different generation. Uh, and what do we need to do to change our models and our leadership practices in order to make sure that we are retaining uh, and recruiting the best and the brightest of the next generation? Law firms will come along, but it's taking them a little bit longer. They're really invested in their model. Right. And that's one of the industries where we're aging. You don't age out of that as much as a lot mm-hmm. of un- other industries. So some of the older habits would probably stay because the leadership is still, you know, is still there after a long time. I think you're absolutely right. You know, um, I think that is one of their biggest hurdles is that they have a lot of like uh, 20th century leadership still in place. 
But to your point about, you know, are people changing their models? The you know, one thing that I think organizations really need to understand is that in 2025, uh, Millennials and Gen Z will be over over half the uh, workforce. Uh, so it's really, I mean, the boomers are going down and Gen X is a tiny slice of the population of the workforce. So, I mean, by 2030, it's going to be 75% millennials and Gen Zers. You said earlier about uh, boomers basically clogging up the, uh, the, the, the pattern. I've, I've read in some cases where uh, there's a, a renewed interest in retaining older workers or even hiring them back because of uh, uh, their organizational knowledge or other expertise in some areas that may not be very popular in younger younger generations. Are you seeing any of that? Uh, absolutely. What we do know, um, what we know is that especially organizations that didn't have a good like leadership structure or they didn't have uh, any good succession planning or they didn't have any good knowledge transfer processes. Uh, when the baby boomers are leaving, they're finding a lot of people who don't have the experience uh, to run the organization or with the deep knowledge of expertise in there. So, you know, it's not a bad time to be a boomer. Let's be honest. Uh, has it ever been a bad time to be a boomer? And the answer would probably be no. Uh, so, yeah. So I think that's right. I think if boomers that want to have um, uh, the kind of the second go around, it's a great time, especially if they want to come back in as like senior consultants or advisors. There's a lot of opportunity, I think, for boomers. Yeah, that's good to know. Good And, and for boomers who don't want to retire just yet, you know, I, I, I stayed in mine for a lot longer and, and uh, than expected. And most of why I got out because I wanted to get out on top and I didn't want to be getting behind the times in the, either technology or in phrasing copy I was writing or things like that. Yeah. Um, and the, the guy that replaced me in my specific job is somebody I already knew. And he's probably half my age. You know, so it's a, it's a different, yeah. it's a different outlook, but in listening to some of what he's done versus some of what I've done, it's like, you know, I, I like what he's done, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I mean, what, what was that bank in Southern California that went down? Um, and one of the, one of the challenges in the kind of the post, uh, the post analysis was they just didn't have any experience leadership knowing how that knew how to run a bank, you know? So I think there's situations like that, that the organizations that could really benefit from having some, uh, seasoned expertise. Here's what's coming up on Boomer Randomness. The rest of my conversation with Mary Abijay about boomers in a multi-generational workplace. Learn more about Boomer Life at BoomerRandomness.com. Check us out on the Boomer Randomness Facebook and on Twitter at BoomerRandom1. Okay, Boomer, thanks for listening. And tell everyone you know about Boomer Randomness.